Yes, people, welcome back to the proper podcast. We're glad to have you here. And I am back, people. I am back with a bang. And unlike what Kaya said last week, I did have a shoulder injury, but it was nothing to do with my masturbating. (laughs) I weren't overdoing it on the masturbating. I had an old injury that I was just getting attended to. So, uh, yes, but I am back in fine form now. So, uh, just uh, by the by, that injury come from uh, years ago when uh, my mate, I sneezed and it went all over his sofa and he went fucking ballistic and he started smacking me and I went down to the floor. He was wrestling me, stuck his knee in my shoulder, my shoulder popped out and that was that. Anyway, drunk times, there we are. So anyway, back to the boxing. Yes, this week we're talking about Taylor Catchell, of course. It's popping people and I've only got three words for you boys. Hey, Bell, you vibes. Frotch Groves vibes, yes? Yes, mate. Yes, mate. 100%. Absolutely. So, yes, we'll be talking about that, of course. We'll be talking about the Joshua Ngannou face-off. We've got our what-the-fuck-going-on moment. We've got a bit of Garcia-Ben talks, a little bit of Yusik Hergovic clause in there as well, Soldakers and Adelaide, among many other things, Azeem Smith, Belanga card coming up this week. Yes, we've got it all. And also, we're going to throw in some audience questions for you as well because uh, you've been sending them in in your droves, and uh, we've got at least three questions from all our massive audience. So uh, we look forward to getting to them later. So, yes, boys, there's nowhere else to start, is there? Taylor Catchell, what are we saying? I am so fucking excited. How are you boys feeling about it? Johnny B, coming to you first. What did you think of the pressers? What are your thoughts overall this time round? I'm all over it. Yep, Sam Jones. Brilliant. You're just a shit George Michael. <laughs> shit George Michael. That's the best coat I think I've ever heard. Um, yeah, look, all over it. I feel Josh Taylor is coming with the Carl Frotch vibes. Remember the second fight, Frotch grows. Like in the first fight, Frotch sort of lost his head. He was all angry. And then, you know, George Groves really got to him. And I think that played out in the first fight. You know, they always say fighters, they shouldn't fight on anger. They want to be cool, calm, collected in the ring. And I think Josh Taylor, I swear to God, he's probably seen some psychologist or someone's got to him. He said, look, you need to calm down. You're fighting on emotion. Like, this ain't going to work. It didn't work in the first fight. Didn't really work with Teofimo Lopez either. So you need to calm down a bit. So I think he's tried to come with that Carl Frotch energy, the way Carl Frotch came in that second fight against yeah. George Groves. And, um, but underneath, he said, I mean, I'm all right. I'm calm. I'm relaxed. I'm cool. I'm like, no, you're not. You can see deep down underneath, you're seething. You can't stand the guy. You don't want to be in the Raging, room, room yeah. with him, in my opinion. Because, like, just quickly, before I hand it over, because obviously we can go back and forward, got lots to speak about. But in the first fight, when you look at that fight, I watched it again the other night, Josh Taylor just could not pin down Jack Catterall. She couldn't pin him down. No matter what he did, whatever angle he came up, whether he was, you know, jab upstairs, downstairs, coming from the left, from the right, she couldn't pin him down. And all Jack Catterall kept doing was taking a little step back, keeping a sort of tight guard. He was just timing him and counting him. And then every round that he was losing, it was, you know, uh, Josh Taylor was getting more and more angry, more frustrated, fighting on too much emotion. And then he just couldn't figure him out. He couldn't pin him down, basically. Um, is that going to happen in the second fight? Is he going to make some adjustments? Can Jack uh, Catterall, can he make adjustments? Can Ooh, he do anything don't, different? Don't do your beans yet. We're no, going to come on to all that, innit? We're gonna... yeah. I, 
these are questions we, we, we need to uh, we need to answer. Um, but yeah, all right. So yeah, I'm super excited. Um, yeah, I mean, look, the question marks out there are: it's at 140 pound, right? What the hell is this doing at 140 pound? I mean, a lot of people saying Josh Taylor, his legs are gone. Tiafimo Lopez, plain to see his legs are gone in that fight. And even Josh Taylor said my legs are gone. And he goes, but there's a reason for that. It's nothing to do with the weight. I can make the weight comfortably. Well, I don't know about that. I'm not too sure about that. I think Sam Jones is saying you're choosing it to be at 140 because you've got an out. You've got an out. I mean, how much money has Josh Taylor made? Has he made as much money as he deserves? You know, he potentially Hall of Famer. He was up there with being the guy. It was Tyson Fury. Then it was Josh Taylor in terms of the best British export with everything he had done in the sport, right? Coming undisputed, the fights that he'd had at an early stage in his career. All of a sudden, that loss has completely derailed everything. You know, now all of a sudden he's, he's hated. No one likes him. Um, yeah. And, and now people are like looking at his resume, looking at him, saying he's aged about 10 years since the Jack Catterall fight, which let's, let's be right. He has, isn't he? Well, he's aged yeah. about, <laughs> look, there's no way he's 33, mate. I, I, let's, let's be real. Like we all say about your, your Zangs and some of the African fighters, you're like, oh my God, like really are they at that age? Like how old is Chisora? Everyone like Chisora, <laughs> people say Chisora is a lot older, but let's be real. Josh Taylor, he looks about 44. Don't look like he's 33. It was like, it was a tale, sorry, Kai, just before we come on to you, it was a tale of two press conferences, wasn't it? It was a tale of two press conferences because the first one, Josh was a lot more reserved, quieter, didn't look totally like he wanted to be there, in my opinion. And then the second one, he was all guns blazing. He was much more up for it. Um, I I think he maybe got, maybe he had that, he felt a bit more comfortable with the Scottish crowd. And then he had the uh, Mancunian crowd. I don't know. I, I just felt like he um, he was a lot more fiery yesterday. And uh, just you said about the quotes there, two quotes of the year, one from Sam Jones. The last judge that scored the fight now works in misfits. So that sums it all up. I thought that was a blinding quote. And then one from Cattrall. They say it's England versus Scotland, the narrative of that, but it's more just about me fighting a prick. <laughs> yeah, but that was—I thought he fought in that one beforehand. That, that was kind of like yeah. he had that in the back of his head, didn't he? To say that was that. a Daniel Dubois one, wasn't it? He's been practicing. Yeah, and, and Josh obviously called him a, a simple cunt as he did a few times. Called him simple Jack. <laughs> when the cameras were off, he called him a simple cunt. Look, it was, I thought oh, that was hilarious. But if anything, like the war of words, right? Um, Jack Catchell struggles a little bit there. You know, let me. He's, he's all right. He's better than he used to be a couple of years ago, Jack. But um, yeah, Josh is just dynamite with the old comebacks, isn't he? Um, yeah. Well, he gave him the crowns as well, the colouring book and the crowns. <laughs> <We're just laughs> he's dishing out teddy bears. He's dishing out teddy bears <laughs> to both of them a minute ago. Yeah. So I thought that was hilarious. He called him a grass. Because what are you going to do? Run to the police. Run to the MP, you fucking grass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was Somebody all in the first one. did call I mean, the police, didn't yeah. they? I'm a little bit like, I thought the first one was a lot more fiery. I thought he... Um, he told him he oh, did. Really? Yeah, he told him he did fuck all after he dropped him. Goes, you did fuck all. That's why I won the fight. It was quite a. There was a few expletives being used by Josh. But listen, mate. Look, press conferences. You know, if you could, if Cadbury's could not Cadbury's, <laughs> if Carlsberg, <laughs> <laughs> if Carlsberg could do press conferences, that would be it, wouldn't it? All the needle you want in the world, all the history from the first fight. Eddie Hearn sitting there like a Cheshire cat. Grinning from ear to ear, Sam Jones just going off on one, and 
you know, and you read the comments in all the videos, and he gets a lot of shit, Sam Jones, but I just don't know what, oh, what the fuck the problem is. That's what you want, it's isn't brilliant. it? Brilliant. It's his yeah. absolute gold dust, Sam Jones. He went there with one purpose and one purpose only. I'm going to stir the pot. I'm going to irritate these people as much as I can. I don't care what they say yeah. about me. And that takes a lot of balls, by the way, sitting there in front of all them Scottish fans. Mm giving it Bertie big bollocks on the fucking stage. Yeah, I thought, you know Good what? Time. He's held himself together quite well there. Yeah. And then even when he said to Josh, and even when he said to Josh Taylor, he goes, in my opinion, he goes, you ain't just lost against Jack Catterall and Tiafimo Lopez. Hello, you lost hello. the fight against Regis <laughs> yeah. Pogba as well. He didn't thought, lose against oh, Regis. He didn't lose against Regis. I thought he won that by a round or two, to be fair. Catterall needs him as a mouthpiece, doesn't he? Oh, that's why he's there. Yeah. Boxing. Yeah. Boxing that's- needs him. There's a lot of other fighters that sh- he, sh- he should be signed. Uh, he should well, be their manager as well. I mean, yeah, Eddie I just Young, wanted to say, like, what do people want uh, when it comes down to this sort of stuff? Like, do you want to switch over and watch Ben Shalom host a pes- press conference on Sky Sports? He don't even host them anyway. He just sits there and um, Andy Scott does it. And I'm not, you know, I don't think he's that great either. He's like, there must be better people out there to host these press conferences. But that's, that's what they're designed. They threw designed. in a little dig about Sam, didn't they, as well? well um, uh, about Ben Shalom. Sam threw in a little dig. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, well, he, when he said yeah. to Tom Grant, he goes, I'm not being funny, Tom and Ben have got about as much charisma as the weather outside. <laughs> and he told that big, big Scottish fella to go, sit down, you've got all that lure pack dripping out your head. And I thought, oh, just calm down, Sam. <laughs> oh, he's brilliant, man. <laughs> We've got to get him on the show somehow. Anyway, if anyone knows Sam Jones and they well, could somehow get Uncle this guy Cutler to come knows on him. the show, I'd love so to have him on. He little... follows me, yeah, Sam, well, yeah, you're Uncle coming on, bruv, if you're listening. But I mean, what I'm trying to say is like, People that go in the comments say it's all the Sam Jones show. It's a joke. You know what I mean? What's he doing? He's degrading the sport. I've seen all this this trolling. I'm like, but this this is what press conferences are for. What's the point in having a press conference? It's like you're pitching your product to the audience, to the viewing public, everyone watching on YouTube or the TV. You're trying to sell this product to everyone watching, all the casuals that may, may be in and out of the sport. And this is how you sell it. You don't do it by all sitting there. Like, you know, fair enough. You can't always have the beef and the rivalry. But, you know, you need a man in the middle. And Eddie Hearn didn't have to do anything here because Sam Jones was doing all the work, right? But if he weren't doing it, I'm sure Eddie Hearn would have stirred the pot a little bit more as well. But that's their job is to give us this. And I'm telling you, mate, these these lads, both of them, they'll, they'll shake hands and have a beer in 10, 15 years' time when their careers is said and done, you know? Yeah. Maybe. Oh, I don't know. When when they went head to head and Josh Taylor was going to him, it ain't even for a oh, world no. title. You're never going to win a world title. After this, you're done. Oh, like, no. When he said that, I went, there ain't no pint after. Yeah, there's a few things being said. But picking mm. up on what you said there, like when you looked at Devin Haney when he fought Regis Progray, right? Now, obviously, Devin Haney had Bill Haney in his corner, and I can't remember Regis Progray's hype man. That geezer he had to the side of him. Mm. But it was brilliant. And this is what we need. So if you've got two fighters that, you know, they're not going to go at it all the time. They want to try and be a bit cool. Then you need to have these managers. You need to have these other guys. Let them go at it. Let them have it on stage because that's still going to be entertainment. These are still part of the team. And, like, we're going to talk about Adam Azim and Dalton Smith later. And how boring would that press conference potentially be? But, like, who have they got on their side? they got a Sam Jones there. Have they got someone that could roll that up to make that a fight that it deserves to be? Probably not. But boxing mm-hmm. needs to look at this. This is it the is. product, as you just said, Kyle. This, what is, what you need. this is what we want. Um, what do you reckon? Yeah, no, exactly the same as you. I'm all for Sam. I think he's absolutely wonderful. And as we've said before, I want him to be the face, the promoter face of something. Like, 
I want him to be in Sky Sports. I really do. Yeah. Like you keep Ben Shalom there. No offense to Ben. No, What's no. Wrong? Listen, listen. Right, no, listen. Right. I know you got your, your beef with Ben, right? Look, look ben. ben obviously does some good stuff, and he's doing it behind the scenes because out in front, it's not his thing, right? So put Sam out in front. Let Ben do the negotiating behind the scenes, which I agree is not always spot on because he's pulling out a purse, piece, blah blah blah. But he does what he does behind the scenes. Someone else helps him out and says, don't pull out that fucking purse bid, Ben. But stick Sam out in front. You have got a winner. Absolutely. So it's like, um, do you remember Parker and Joshua? And you had David Higgins giving it mouthpiece to Eddie. That exactly. was that was a, a really potentially boring build-up fight. But David Higgins made it yeah. good. Yeah, um, so, yeah, I'm, yeah, I think Sam's great. Um, in terms of the boys, Josh and Jack, as I said, I just felt Josh was a little bit flatter on day one, but he was raring to go yesterday. And um, it's exciting, man. And I've been to and froing on my picks. And uh, I watched the full fight yesterday from beginning to end. And um, I want to get your thoughts on that, first of all, because I know when you was running Love Boxing TV, you boys come on there and you went ape shit. <laughs> so yeah, mate. just tell us your thoughts on the first fight. And then compare it to this fight now, after everything that's gone on in between. So in between, just for context, um, Catrell has fought Foley and he's fought Linares since with two solid wins, nothing spectacular. Josh went away and fought Tiafimo Lopez. It was a masterclass by Tiafimo Lopez. No disgrace there. <clears throat> but yes, tell us everything you're feeling. Kyle, we're coming to you first, bruv. Unload your clip and ting. I mean, it? unlike you two, I actually haven't watched it again. Since oh, I've been massively busy, to be honest with you, with shit going on, uh, other other stuff going on, I do plan on watching it again, definitely, probably once or twice at least before the fight happens. I know why you ain't been busy, because uh, like last week when you was um, having a go at John for things he said months ago, you've been listening. That's why you're not busy. You've been listening to all the pods I've back been going. Making notes. Like, I'll take notes here. <laughs> yeah, you remember John what you said on September the sixteenth, two thousand and fucking twenty-three. I've got I'm to do it. Wait, I've got that. no choice. <laughs> I reckon Kaya, I reckon Kaya, if I look down my wife's phone, I reckon there's all calls from Kaya. Yeah, what have you got on him? Oh, yeah, oh, what? Yeah, I've got that. Let's make a few notes We're planning, on mate. We're We're planning, back, planning your future. Oh, look, do you want me to quickly say, are you, I'll just quickly recap then that, that fight, in my opinion, right? I just, on, mate. Yeah, so I just, just quickly say if you haven't seen it, Kaya. It, it's like this, right? In the fight, after the first four rounds, I watched it the other day. There's people like Matthew Macklin, ringside, and that. Oh, you know, Catterall's 4 0 up. I'm thinking, no, he fucking ain't. I'm thinking, I had Catterall 3 1 up after four rounds. However, it could have been maybe 2 all because one of those rounds, it was really close. And if you like what you like, a guy that's pressing the fight, he's coming forward, he's trying to win the fight, he's taking risks. Obviously, he's going to get hit on the way in. That was Josh Taylor. And um, and he was spoiling. Like, Jack Catterall was. He was spoiling the fight. Like the yeah, he was spoiling the fight. His tactics. He, he was. Do you know what I mean? If he was, but he was clever with it. Don't get me wrong. His reflexes and his timing. The way he was slipping shots and getting under that jab and then little bump step and then knocking Josh Taylor off of his line. So he had to reset every time. Brilliant. Like that's not the dark arts, but you know, good good tactics that he was using. And then he was holding a bit. Um, but then I felt like Catterall just those middle rounds. It was just, he was just banking round after round after round. And then, um, and then, yeah, there was the knockdown. There was the ten eight. Then there was a couple of points off either way. But then towards the end, though, I think uh, Josh Taylor. I think there was the, he had a big seventh round. 
then I think he might have won the last round. Uh, and then the round before that, it was really tight. However, when I looked at the fight after, it weren't as fucking one-sided as everyone thinks. But there's no way on earth with the knockdown, Ooh, right? Because really? they both had a point. I can't off, believe what you're saying to me right now. Wait, wait, let me let me <clears> drop <throat> this because I watched. I don't know what you if you watched it the other day with the uh, with the knockdown. Um, there's that you could have given Josh Taylor four rounds, right? Get the Possibly fuck five. out I'm just of here! Are you in serious? The mind. Wait. <laughs> I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to get in the mind of a judge, right? I, honestly, I gave him about wow. four rounds. Don't remember I gave him that. About four rounds. So that means I've given, I've given Jack Cattle eight rounds, right? Would you think I it was thought, more I, worth I, than I, that? I thought it was you nine. Watch I it remember it fight. being a nine-three fight, maybe even ten-two. All right. Well, I, I gave him about four rounds, but you got to remember. I'm all about that guy that's coming forward trying to press a fight. So I know when you look at the punch stats. You know, he landed him in, in most of the rounds, and I get that, right? But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I just felt like he was pushing the fight. He was taking the risk. And, like, he was doing some good work. He was getting it. He, he, like, from those both southport, there was a, he was stepping into the left, and he was throwing that body shot, and he kept connecting every time with that. They're point-scoring punches. Couldn't miss with that, Josh Taylor. He lost the fight, though, 100%. There's no way on earth I could give him that fight. He lost it by... A, Whatever, two rounds just on the scorecards. Then you had the knockdown on top of it. Not a chance did he win that fight. Yeah, but if you're giving him um, five rounds, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. No, what I'm saying is there were some rounds where it was just they were messy rounds. Like there was a lot of holding. They were, to be fair. Like yeah, there was a, it, it was messy. So I'm just trying to get in the eyes of a of a judge what he's seeing. You got the A fighter. It's in Glasgow. They're screaming at everything that Josh Taylor does. Just trying to get to a point of how have they got it it's so it's close? I've, I've, you know I believe mean? there was some skullduggery going on. That was a fucking as one sided a fight, biggest robbery I've, I've seen in the last twenty years. I, yeah, I, go on, Kai, because I'll cut you off. Then, John go on, Lewis. Go on, Kai. I, I, honestly, I um, I got to watch it again now. You said all that shit. I, I can't. I can't be. Kai, it wasn't close, mate. It weren't. It wasn't a close fight. J- J- Josh Taylor lost the fight. But what I'm saying is, I could give him four rounds in the fight. So it's like eight four, right, in rounds. Mm, but he got so knocked down as well. Right? He got but then when I look well, at like eight, no, yeah. and then on top of that, yeah, then there's a <clears> knockdown involved. I remember well, it being like this. Josh Taylor was again. I've got to watch it again. So sorry to everyone listening. I'm trying to give you a fucking my thoughts on it, and I've, I haven't seen it since it happened, which is a long time ago. But I remember watching it. But clearly, with a clear head, I weren't pissed or anything. And I remember Josh Taylor was was pressing the action. I remember Jack Catchell picking his shots nicely, just catching him clean on the, on the way in. But that's not all I saw. I saw Jack Catchell sometimes was first to the punch as well. It weren't just Josh Taylor following him around. Yeah, he was. was timing timing his shot perfectly from out of range uh, and catching um, Josh Taylor before he even broke the distance and come in. I thought that. I thought it was a. As about a one-sided the fight as you're gonna fucking see, if I'm being honest with you. But again, I'll have to watch it again. And some and some of the rounds that Jack Taylor, uh, Jack Catterall won, he won big. He won yeah. big. There was clear punches, combinations. He rattled him, and like you know, Josh Taylor looked like a rabbit in the headlights at times. So some of there was two, three, four rounds like that. They went, they were fucking clear, and the commentary was just like, "Oh my god, you know his timing's gone. What's wrong with you know Josh Taylor?" But in the with the commentary off, when you watch the 12 rounds, you've won about Listen, yeah, rounds. Yeah, I, I have fight. to agree with you, John. Mm. I do. Go on, Kai. No, no, I was just going to say, like, how, how does he, how does the second fight play out? I mean, look, are we, are we got, sorry, yeah. um, you, why don't you do your bit first on it, what you reckon of the first fight, and maybe we can talk about how we think the second fight plays out. Yeah, maybe? I'll keep it brief. I, I, as I say, I watched it last night. 
purely because I'm doing a video on it and I wanted to get all the details in that. Um, but um, I watched it with the commentary off and I watched it the first time around like you and I thought, wow, clear, clearly one-sided, all catch-all, you know, never in a million years could give it to Josh Taylor. And I still think that way. However, I do agree with John that it wasn't as one-sided as I originally thought, as in Josh did come on stronger in the last five rounds because Ben Davison said to him, you're trailing here, you're losing by mm. a mile. And he did put on the pressure. And I do agree, again, catch all one, no, no question about it. But I do agree, and I'm not giving them any credence to judges, but from a judge's point of view, looking on, seeing all that holding and seeing Josh Taylor constantly coming forward, constantly pressuring, you can sort of see how they could favour Josh in some rounds, especially the later rounds. Jack Catchell was a wipeout, was a... All the, all the first six rounds, he absolutely cleaned up. Then it got very messy, but Josh come on strong. He was messy. And he was pressuring. And in them pressuring rounds, in the late ones, I can understand how you could sometimes give it to Taylor. But there was a knockdown in That's, there. Yeah. You're going to have when, all the Northern um, fans listening to this guy. No, no, no. Uh, no, Catchall one. <laughs> no, Catchall one. Catchall one. I had it around about 8-4. Um, possibly... Seven five, but um, what was I saying? Um, Catrell had a point deducted in the tenth round, but then Josh had the point deducted in the eleventh round, uh, coming into the twelfth round for a. It was a bit of a dodgy one. That I mean, I've seen that happen a lot of times before. He punched him after the bell and took a point off for that. But regardless, they both had a point deducted with the knockdown. Is is Catrell's fight all day and the dominant first part of the fight? Guarantees it to Catchall. But also, you have to go on the CompuBox stats, and I've got them here. 47 more total mm. punches for Catchall. 23 more jabs and 23, 24, sorry, more power punches. So it's a shutout, isn't it? No matter, if, no matter if you look at Josh Taylor and the pressure that he's putting on, if you give him, you know, the edge in some rounds for that, overall, them punches tell the whole story, no matter what. Mm. So, yes. He got knocked down. It was blood coming from his face. He looked like ragged. His construct had gone. And whatever rounds I gave to Josh Taylor, it was yeah. messy. Do you yeah. know what I mean? They were messy rounds to give him, but the rounds you give him to Catwell, they were clear. And he, he, say, he had his number. You and you can't, can't argue, argue he had his with number in everyone, can you? Do you know what I mean? There is nobody no. who said Taylor won that fight. Well, Ian John Lewis gave it 170 and 130. He's not in the misfits now, Ian John Lewis. Well, he, he said to the British Boxing Board, and he the one who was doing them for racism. Is that him, Ian John Lewis? How about your shit, judge, shit, shit ref? What's he doing <laughs> in that position? Real. Can't even fucking judge a fight. Ain't the first time he's done that. Absolute fucking cretin of a judge, Ian John Lewis. Can't stand the fella. So, are yeah, so Carl, yeah, come to you here? first. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, how, listen, how does it feel about? It how do you feel about this fight? Right. So, <sighs> fucking hell. It's going to be closer. I thought it was a completely one-sided fight the first time round. Well, even after the Lopez fight, it's going to be a lot closer. closer. Because something uh, Josh Taylor said at the end of the first press conference, he he doesn't care about belts, doesn't care about money. He's made all his money now. This is about redemption for him. And it wasn't the first time they fought. Even the Teofimo Lopez fight, I think it's a bit of a cash out. He's obviously gone there for the money. He could have fought Jack Catchell in a rematch, but he's gone there because they're offered him more money. 
And he kind of like, he'd done all right in the first six rounds, but he just withered away. There was just nothing left in him. But if you get a fully fit firing Josh Taylor, one that, you know, crouches in that crab-like stance, you know, when he's down low, in and out, sideways, in and out, you know, the performance against Ramirez, the shots from out of range, uppercut that he nailed Ramirez with, and, you know, when he was knocked over for like 20 seconds and fucking Kenny Bayless tried to fucking rob him that night as well. That Josh Taylor there, the one against Ramirez, the one that goes toe-to-toe against Prograde, the one that, you know, has that war against Baranchik. If that one turns up, then I'm going to edge it to Josh Taylor if 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 he yeah. turns up. I know it's a bit of a fence-sitting comment. However, I don't know Le if block. that Josh Taylor still exists. I don't, I don't know if it does. I really don't because mm. I've always said it. When you've, hit the, when you've reached the peak of the mountain and whatever you do in life, including sport, elite-level sport, you're naturally going to lose something. There's nothing really left for him to fight other than, you know, for him to fight for other than beating this guy that apparently beat you, but he didn't. You got the decision anyway. Do you know what I mean? It's like, even if he loses the fight, it's one all, isn't it, on paper? He could probably call for the rubber match. So I don't know if we're going to get that, Josh Taylor. And for that reason, I think Catchell, um, Catchell beats him in a really close points decision. And I think as well, Finish it on this. I think any swing rounds are going to go to Catchwell this time because the judges are going to be on it. They're going to yeah, be bang right. on it. If it's close, they'll go, oh, fuck, he can't rob this fucker again. Good point. Very good point. So are you saying that you think Josh Taylor is uh, what you saying he's done five or twelve times? I don't know. Him? I don't know. But if you go by the last then? two years, it's possible. But if he does <clears> turn up and he gets the right training, another thing as well, he's with Joe McNally now, right? Didn't really work out well in against Tiafimo Lopez. You know, how much is the shift from Ben Davis to Joe McAnally going to, you know, what, what difference is that going to make going into this fight? We don't know. Joe McAnally's a good good coach. But I mean, I think he's held in quite high regard, isn't he, uh, McNally? But Ben Davison's yeah. but performed at a higher suppose, level, though. He's won world titles with, with fighters. Yeah, he? but then Joe, Joe McNally's then got more experience by... than Ben, hasn't he? <clears throat> I don't know. I think it's what you know and what you yeah. don't know. Just, just, uh, just before we hear you, John, I just want to clarify because you said there that Ian John Lewis gave it 117, 113, and I, I knew that was wrong. So, just in case anyone calls us out on that, the actual scorecards were um, 113, 112 for Catrell, 114, 111 for Taylor. I think that was Ian John Lewis, and then 113, 112 for Taylor. What's Simon Jordan talking about? Bloody <laughs> hell, man. <laughs> I just heard Simon oh, yeah. Jordan say that on the radio. <laughs> he that man, man. He? That's fucking live at all. Oh, was that was that that yeah. close then? I thought there was one wide no, I'm reading one in that, that on boxing. Was that, I'm reading that And I and I remember it from last night. I definitely didn't hear 117, 111. Yeah, oh, blame Simon right. for that that's one. Restored my faith then. Sorry, uh, Ian John <laughs> Lewis. They, they probably won't race. But at the end of the day, but either way, Ian John Lewis. Is a mile off, isn't he? Let's be honest. Fuck me. I'm, I'm assuming he's 114, 111, and he's fucking miles off. Yeah. So, yeah. John, tell us how you think it goes. I think that, first of all, I'm going to say this. The amount of stick that Josh Taylor gets, I can't get my head around it. Like, I, I, It must be me. I must like these guys that other people don't like, because I really like Josh Taylor. I think he's entertaining. You put a camera in his face. He says what he thinks. If people don't like when people speak the truth, then so what? At least I feel like when he's speaking, he's speaking his truth. That's it. 
that's all I want from a man that's speaking down the camera at me and I'm following their career, you know, whether I like it, whether I don't like it. And I think he speaks the truth. Um, I think that, yeah, and I think he's a bit controversial. He's willing to dig people out. I think he gets a bit emotional, you know, in, in press conferences. And I suppose that's what you're meant to do. If you're the guy, you're the top guy, you've got to feel like that. And maybe that's how you get to the top of the mountain. Um, but I always like uh, Josh Taylor. Um, do I feel like he should have given um, Catterall a rematch straight away? Yeah, probably. I think that would have been, it would have said more about him straight away. But then I don't think Josh Taylor had earned the money that he needed to have earned with everything he'd put into his career. So when you've got people around you, like lawyers and stuff like that, like, look, you've got to go this route, drop this belt, fight this guy. You're going to earn X amount of money. That one's always going to be there. I understand why boxers do this. When it comes to the fight, I just think that in terms of levels, I think that Josh Taylor's a better fighter than Catterall. I really do. And I think that that night he had Josh Taylor's number, but I feel that Josh Taylor was too emotional, too emotional. Like I feel like his feet are much better than Catterall. I feel like, I think you just said it a minute ago. He can get in and get out with angles, right? Josh Taylor goes upstairs, downstairs, got fast hands, got, you know, every sort of punch in the ball, you know, folks, he throws good hooks. Yeah, throws nice uppercuts. But he's quick. He's fast. He gets in and out. And, uh, and he's a monster at 140, right? He boils himself down. And, um, yeah, I just feel like if I... If the, now they've picked the, the ring. They asked for a 22-foot ring. Josh Taylor asked for that, yeah. right? Uh, I think they've been given a 20-foot a, a ring. Like, why are you asking for that? If you look at the way Josh Taylor fights, the way he was fighting against Tiafimo Lopez, constantly putting the pressure on. You know, slipping, getting in there, slipping, getting in there. No real taking a, a, a step back. But I don't know now with McNally, are they looking at this Catterall fight thinking, you can't fight like this against this guy because he's just going to do the same thing. And you had 12 rounds against him and you didn't have an answer for what he was doing. You couldn't get in. You couldn't hold. You couldn't go to work in the pocket. You couldn't find your angles. And he was willing to throw when you was throwing and catch you. Like you said earlier as well, Kai, he was, he was being first to the punch at times. And his time, his timing was off Josh Taylor, but also I just don't think he could break that egg in a way. Like he couldn't get round that style. <laughs> I think if he goes in there with this style, which is I ain't going to just constantly put the pressure on and make it be me that takes the risk. I'm going to come in. He's got a good amateur background, so gold at world championship, like loads of like silvers in the amp- uh, in, in the amateurs and that. If he goes in there and uses his boxing ability, uses angles, goes in, bang, bang, out, bang, out, move around the ring. Let him come to you. Let Catterall come. Like, who's Catterall really beaten in his career? Like, Linares, old washed up, didn't get him out of there. I know he won most of the rounds, but what? O'Hara Davies, the sound like he was saying today, isn't it? People thought you lost the fight against O'Hara Davies. Look at Josh Taylor. He made him quit in the ring. So I just think if you go in there, use your angles, use your speed, use your feet, in, out, in, out. Don't get too emotionally invested. This whole new Cole Fox persona now in this uh, uh, second press conference or whatever, I think he's going to use that. He's going to go in the ring and he's going to do that. And if he does that, I think he beats Catterall on points. So that's my pick. Yeah, interesting what you say there because I'm in a similar camp of Josh Taylor if he comes in all guns blazing like he did last time, it ain't going to go well. It's probably going to be a similar story. But uh, exactly what you said there, John, if he does use his boxing ability and lets Catchell come to him, we could see a much different story. Um, 
I think Cattrall has surprised us, though. I think Cattrall's, I mean, clearly a lot better than people gave him credit for. And there's a little thing here that I wrote down, which is really interesting. Did you know that he sparred Mayweather in the Pacquiao, in Mayweather's Pacquiao fight? Wow. For six weeks. And Mayweather kept bringing him back because he said, you're fucking good. And then straight from there, he went to Canelo to spar Canelo for the Kirkland yeah. fight. So they obviously saw something in him. Mm. And, um, and yeah, he ain't had a spectacular career of, you know, amazing accolades, but he's been pretty solid. And he showed how solid he was in that fight. And it was a perfect game plan because Josh was getting frustrated and he was pressuring and um, and Cattrall just was dodging it all. He was elusive enough and um, and he was catching him with one-twos, counters and everything. And he has that, um, that Philly shell, he has that shoulder roll that he's probably learnt from the Mayweather camp and Josh couldn't deal with that either. So we're not going to see anything different from Cattrall in this fight because I think that's pretty much, I'm not, it's not a bad thing to say that's his limit, but that seems like that's who he is, that kind of good defensive fighter, nothing great shakes, but he'll pick his shots well and get a win. I just think Cattrall's got his number. I do. I do. I I think Cattrall is better than all of us think. I do, and I think he's going to be yeah. elusive enough to avoid what Josh has got. And overall, I just think he could be outboxing him on the night. I'm going catch all points. <laughs> I tell you, look, what was a worry was the Tiafimo Lopez fight, because I watched that the other night as well. And um, yeah, like... Josh Taylor was getting peppered in that fight. He just did not have an answer for Lopez. Every time he just tried to close the distance and go in there to throw something, he was just getting out yeah. hustled. He was getting out timed. He was it's just it's, he did not have an answer for him. You can see him walking back to the corner. You don't see it a lot at the top level where a, a fighter walks back to the corner and they're like, just like what the fuck? What's going on mm. here? He did not know what to do. I also say that it weren't just. I his also legs say in that, that on the basis that over the last couple of years, I think. Catchell's got better. Like I know Linares wasn't the most stunning victory, but he was still solid. And I just think he's getting better and has got better. And I don't know if Taylor has. And the weight is not good for him, whatever way you look at it. It's just not. And how much more does he want it? He may go in there all guns blazing on the night, but deep in your heart, how much does he want it? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Can I, can I say something about, you know, like, is he washed up with the age and what he looks like, right? I was thinking, Jesus, he does look old, doesn't he, right, in the press conference. But then when I was doing a bit of research for this channel, I went on Wikipedia to see how he got on in the amateurs, right? You see his picture of Josh Taylor when he won the Commonwealth gold. Like, fucking hell, mate. He looks about 56. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he's looked old. Another thing about Josh Taylor is, <laughs> long is there any that. more of a Scottish man than Josh Taylor in your life? If you could picture a Scottish man in your, in your brain, isn't it? you're picturing Josh yeah. Taylor with the voice. That like the angry yeah. side of him as well. You can imagine him in a pub as well. Like, if you start giving him fuck off, you fucking cunt. Yeah, he just, that's more just... Irish, mate. But... <laughs> he gets, yeah. <laughs> you know he what gets I mean? up he in the morning. So Freedom! Yeah, yeah, he's just unbelievably <laughs> yeah. Scottish. He, that is Begbie, mate, all over. Yeah. Oh, do you know uh, what I would be. say though? Out of all the boxers, if I wanted my corner, if I ever kicked off in a pub, he's one of them. I'm taking yeah. Josh Taylor behind me. Oh, and I'll tell you, who I've got next to me as well, Joe McNally. He looks yeah, hard, but yeah. no. really, you wouldn't want to spin his point, would you? Uh, 
You'd have to buy oh, him two. Could you imagine spilling these pints? I'd have two, have two, and a shot. I'd buy him a fucking holiday. Fucking make sure he don't knock me out. Uh, do you know what, though? I hope out of all of this, I just hope that, I don't know, I don't think he's going to get any love. I wanted to ask Taylor. you that, John, I and, and I just you think, Uncle, right? Like, is it the right course of action when, like, Josh Taylor's not stupid. He knows he lost that fight. He knows he's lost that fight. Is it better to say you've lost the fight when you know you've lost it and just come clean or just keep with the same narrative and go, you know what? Oh, I want it. I want it. I fucking want it. But even though you know you didn't. Because that just really, causes yeah. more hate towards you, doesn't it? Like he was one of the most nah. loved and revered fighters in this in the UK. But that's a fighter's nature, isn't it? But is that How the many right times way throughout though? history? Well, we, no, no, I don't think it is. I think they should say, "I thought I lost that fight." Because you get uh, more who done it? The only one I can remember doing it was actually talking of Taylor's wins. O'Hara Davis. He actually who did he fight? And he said, "I thought I lost that." But you don't hear it often. But mm. it's just a fighter's nature, isn't it? Well, I know, still but it's hated, just a fighter's he? nature at he's the end of the day. He's still hated, so you can't win. Funny enough, I did just say earlier, like I, I feel like he speaks the truth. And when I hear him speak, but then saying that, he's sticking with the fact that he thought he won that fight. Do you know, but, I do mean, you know what made it even, even more controversial and mega was Ben Davison going on TalkSport a couple of days later. He obviously was fighting his case for Taylor, but... In the fight, he said, you're trailing now, around about eight rounds in. And then in the last round, he said, you need a knockout to win. And then he goes on TalkSport and says, Josh won the fight. Mm. So it's like, well, and he didn't mm. get the knockout in the last round. So, so it's one or the other, then. isn't it? All fanny merchants. Yeah, so in the it words was just of a bit of a Frank. shit show. It's a tough one, that. It is a tough one because also you're talking about, like, there's, there's a, a money at risk here. You're the undisputed uh, champion You've got these other fights lined up. You've got a contract with top rank. It's like, if you start saying, I lost that fight, does that devalue, you know, your capability of earning? You don't have to say you lost it. You can go, you know what, it was close. I can see why they would give it to him. I can see, you know, it was really, you can go a little bit in the middle with it. But to go out and go, oh, I won the fucking fight. He gave him no credit. What what, what accent was that then? I've gone from Irish. Don't know. I think you've got Newcastle. Irish. To anyway, Newcastle. I'm just <laughs> talking my letter, in my uh, actual yeah. final um, final question on that. Well, we could talk about it a bit more, but um, one main question I had was, Kaya, coming to you, does Josh Taylor struggle with fellow Southpaws? Southpaw against the Southpaw generally gives you a bit of a shit fight. I mean, look, you shouldn't do. If you're an elite fighter, you should be able to find a way in a fight. That's the answer to that question, I suppose. It's just whether he's considered elite anymore, whether he even gives a shit about being elite or even gives a shit about figuring out another southpaw, especially one that's as defensively sound as Jack Catterall. It depends on the southpaw, doesn't it? You know, it depends on what type of southpaw you are, I suppose. Um, I I think he's, he's in his career and, you know, he's Victor Postal, Baranchek, Progre, Ramirez, obviously Catterall, Tiafimo Lopez, you know, you can fight these top fighters and there's a lot of big names there that he's fighting, like well-equipped fighters that can win fights. Mm. You're going to lose some fights. You're going to have some tight, close fights. And that's the thing. This is a thing I want to say as well. I just remembered is that Eddie Hearn is saying like, you know, careers yeah. are on the line. Did you hear him say that? Like, this is a fight of careers. Yeah, like, don't say that. Shut don't the say fuck that. up, man. I hate it when I hear promoters say that, right? Yeah, it's just, just like, at the end it, of the day... 
you want these fighters to go in there. As long as you put in a good performance, you entertain, entertain the fans, right? You can come again. If Taylor loses or Catterall loses, I don't think their career's on the line. As long as they come to fight and they put on a good performance, I, I don't think see it means. Again. That's how I don't we think it means, though, that, you know, it's, it's retirement straight after. I think he means... The long road back. Yeah, they're not going to get a world title shot, are they? Catterall definitely ain't going to get a world title shot again. And is Taylor... If he loses, it's a long way back, and it. I think that's what he means. I just think it's the psyche. Like what I think, um, it's just the psyche of the fighters. It's like you want fighters to come and fight on the zone or wherever Sky Sports, whatever. You want them to come on and risk their own and risk everything, but yet you also want to say their careers on the line. It's like one or the other. How about let's just go have an entertaining fight, win or lose. If you come to fight and you entertain the fans, I've got other fights here for you. End of yeah. done. It's a psyche the fans need to get. You know, behind. No, I totally well. agree. Like, we said it before, didn't fight, we, with Joe Joyce and that? Like, no, we don't. We don't think they should retire. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you lose your role because fair play to you. Obviously, stepped in there against someone good, and most yeah. people fucking what don't. Damage is either of those exactly. And what damage is Josh Taylor or Carol yeah. taken? No, I, I think I, I think he just meant you know, in terms of world titles and um, mega massive fights, the person who wins is going to get the chance to have them. The person who loses long way back in it and they might think, what's the fucking point? Yeah. I'd I possibly think that Josh Taylor, if he loses his fight, he might think, what's the point carrying on? I've made a lot of money. I've been undisputed. What more can I get? Do you know what I mean? I'm not saying he will retire, but mm. do you think there's anything left for him in his mind? Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. You've been undisputed. You've had those wins on your yeah. record. And uh, yeah, if he loses to Catterall, I don't think so. This is the thing with fighters. It's like it's like a drug to them to go out and fight in front of the fans. And, you know, like they, they just to go out like that against Catterall, I think he's going to feel, I ain't going out like this. Yeah. I'm going to go in there and get, maybe get a title, get another. Like he'll put bums on seats. I, 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 there's there's put fights this out way, there for, if, uh, for Taylor. Well, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, though, put it this way if Taylor loses, if you're Taylor, do you want to go fight Subriel Matias? No. Regis Prograde fights there, though. He's coming off of a loss. Yeah. That's well, for Josh Taylor, Conor really Con- Ben fight's waiting for him and all, isn't it? Yeah. Domestic Con- fights. Ben. There's some good ones left. but um, Let's talk about that after yeah. the fight, boys. Yeah. Tore the absolute arse yeah. out of it. It's oh. done about like, an hour on it. Yeah, I know. Wow, it was fucking it, pumping it was yesterday, good. wasn't it? Was it? So, um, so we got Kaya, your Catrell. Yeah, Johnny yeah, B, I'm Catrell, mate. Taylor, and we're all Taylor. we're all on points, and we I'm I'm Catrell on points. Brilliant stuff. Okay, let's move on to Joshua and Garnu face off. We'll just touch on this because um, it weren't the most exciting face off ever, but I suppose it told us some tales of what we're going to see in the fight. Um, so yeah, I'll start off with um, how fucking big is that cunt's head? And Garner. It's like a shed, isn't it? He's just a that big That was the unit, one thing it? that stood out for me. In the whole interview, I was thinking, fucking hell, size of your head. Yeah. And and I was wondering if Joshua, I mean, Joshua is as powerful as they come, but there was an element thinking of me thinking, I don't know if you can knock this geezer out, you know, his head's so fucking big. Mm-hmm. You'd have to get a fucking crane on a, a fucking a demolition ball on a crane, wouldn't you? And and clearly we've seen that because he has never really been he's never been knocked out by a punch even in UFC he only lost to that Stepe because I think he was wrestled to the ground and whatnot mm. 
Um, so, so yeah, he is he is a beast at the end of the day. But um, a few things said in there. Joshua had a little dig at uh, Fury, didn't he? Did you hear that? Yeah. He went, everyone's knocked down mm-hmm. Fury. That was quite funny. So, uh, yeah. Faults, Johnny Boy? good, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, first faults was Nganu is so comfortable in his skin. He's just so he's cool and he? calm and just relaxed. And like, and when he speaks, I feel like he's chatting truths. He's just saying what he thinks. He doesn't really care whether it offends the guy that he's talking about. He's just going to say what he thinks. And he said a few things there what I thought was quite interesting. And like, uh, in contrast to that, Anthony Joshua on the other side, I felt like he was a little bit more rigid, a little bit more upright and a little bit... Not unsure of himself, but I don't know. Was he holding back a little bit of information? I don't know. It just I thought one of them was more calm and relaxed in that uh, face-off. But um, but yeah, he, like when it comes to how do you think the fight's going to go? I think I'll knock him out. That's what I'm here to do. I, you know, I'm going to knock uh, uh, Anthony Joshua out. When they ask Anthony Joshua that, oh, it's a politician's answer. Like get to the point. Just say you're going for the knockout. But he went all around the houses. This is not about. You know, Ngannou, like, this is about me and what I can look. Oh, shut the fuck up, man. I'm sick of that guy. He came back into the face-off. I'm like, what are you going on about? Just say, yeah, I'm going to knock him out too. That's what we're here to do. If you don't knock him out, who cares? <clears throat> At least you said you was going to knock him out. So that annoyed me a little bit. But also, I picked up on uh, Ngannou. He said, um, you know, sometimes, he speaks so yeah. softly, doesn't he? <laughs> he, goes, he goes, sometimes, you know, if I'm in a bar and, Who's that? That's like someone from bloody Chelsea speaking. <laughs> he said, sometimes if I'm in a bar, you know, a, a man comes up to me and they have more determination. I'll step back in the yeah, bar. Because... Do you even say that? There you go. Nah, boys. He knows though, isn't it? He knows he can crush his skull with his hand at any given yeah. moment. Every single man on the planet yeah. as well. Imagine being in that position thinking I could literally beat up yeah. any man. Clear the whole pub out on his own. Time. If there's 15 of them, <laughs> yeah. I, I reckon he yeah. could get attacked by four geezers yeah. and you're, you're just bouncing punches off his cranium, mate. Literally, you break yeah. your hand trying yeah, to chin him. Yeah, Ima- yeah. imagine Joe, Joe McNally say- uh, spilled <laughs> his pint over. <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm still taking Joe McNally with me to fight Ngarno. I don't, I don't know, I think Ngarno M- 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 just go, sorry about that. And uh, you know, McNally will go, that's all right, big fella. That's all right. <laughs> it's not a problem. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but look, I'll say this I'll put this question over to you because it's something I picked up on so Nganu he said right and I thought this got under AJ's skin but he tried to pretend that he didn't he said that um, if he hits AJ with the shot yeah. that he hit Fury with AJ don't get up and then I see that rattled yeah. AJ because then a little bit later he said something back a little bit but anyway so what do you think of that right I'll go over to the pair of you right whatever go to you first Unk does AJ get up from a big shot from Angola? I think he does. Actually, talking about that interview, AJ said something in there that did make me think. Um, and he, I think he said, "Who's ever com- like completely devastatingly knocked me out?" Something to that effect. And he is right. Nobody ever has. I know Ruiz battered him, but he didn't concussively knock him out on the floor. Couldn't get up, sort of thing. He was just a bit. Ed fucking bound after that punch in the third round. But um, I, t- I don't know, because we just still don't really know how hard Ngannou hits, do we? He ob- well, he obviously hits fucking mega hard because he's got that world record punch. Oh, he actually lost it the other day, funny enough. But, Did he? Um, yeah, he lost- do you know what? He lost it to a fucking... Oh, it's a shame we don't do UFC because it does get interesting sometimes. 
uh, it was a super middleweight, I think. Fucking hell. As a beat in Garnu's punch. This this cunt's fucking unbelievable. Anyway, um, we still don't know exactly how hard he punches in boxing terms because we've only seen him in there with Fury. And I don't know, that punch, it landed sort of on the side of the head, which, you know, history tells us through the Ruiz fight, that ain't a good place for AJ. So maybe he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it all comes back to how the fight goes, doesn't it? And for me, I just think AJ outboxed him completely. He will get caught with one or two, but I don't see Ngannou winning this in any capacity. Uh, yeah, go on, Kai. Yeah. Do you think that punch well, keeps him on the floor? Yeah, I don't think the punch landed clean anyway. It just kind of, it kind of, it, it was uh, a bit of a glancing really blow. It post. wasn't clean, clean, was it? Like proper clean white on the whiskers. Um, that's why, that's why Fury was able to get up. And AJ's right. Fury's been knocked over by Cunningham. He's been knocked over by Deontay Wilder a few times now in Garnu. So yeah, I don't know where he's getting that from. You know, I think AJ, if anything. How many times AJ's been knocked over? It's Ruiz and Klitschko, right? Has he been knocked over yeah, by yeah. anybody else? I can't think of anyway. No, that's it. That's it. And he's got up. And nearly, he's... nearly Dillian White, but no. Yeah, got a bit rocked by so, Dillian White. I, don't know. I spoke. Took right. a massive shot off of uh, yeah. Povetkin. What, what do you think of this then? What do you think of this? In the Otto Wallin fight, he was fucking fiery, wasn't he, Joshua? Mm. Like, he was taking no shit from anyone. He wouldn't even fucking look at Devsani in the build-up. He, he ain't coming in with that energy now. I know it's early days, mm. but he's, he kind of matches energy, doesn't he, Joshua? So when he's up against someone True. who's giving him shit and that, yeah, it'll be yeah. a prick back to him. But when Ngannou's nice and respectful, he's going to be respectful back. And I bet you this fight week, when it comes around, He's not as fiery, as nasty. Nah. So will that play a factor? Will he go in there nah. old nicey-nicey? I can't AJ? see it because I, I, the Klitschko build-up, uh, Joshua Klitschko build-up was all like that, all nicey-nicey, sucking each other's dicks. And they got in there and <laughs> they got in there and delivered one of the best fights I've ever seen. <laughs> sucking each other's USB dicks. That's a really nice USB, Klitschko. That's a nice USB. I know, I'll tell you what, I've got it all on here. This is how I win the fight. I tell you what, have you really? I'll look at that later. I'd love to see what was on yeah. that USB stick, man. It never um, appeared, did it? It never came nah, out. No, nah, that's going to nah. be... Did he auction it off or something? Or was... yeah, anyway, I, yeah, like, that. I think yeah, one thing yeah. about Ngannou, like, John, you touched on it. I might have been you, like, his heart rate must be at about 35 beats a minute, no matter what. I reckon he <laughs> yeah. could walk through a fucking... Mm a war-torn situation and just walk right through the middle of tanks firing everywhere and his heart rate would be about 35 fucking beats per oh, minute. Oh, yeah. Do you see it when so he walked calm. through a fucking door? What's that? You seen it when he walked yeah. through a fucking door? No, I ain't seen that, no. He went to push the door and the door just caved in. Fucking glass shattered everywhere. not seen that. It's a viral clip. Yeah, the geezer starts One thing I will say, he ain't going to burn up no nervous energy. He was quite open with the fact that he wanted it over 10 rounds because he's not an elite heavyweight. So you've got to give him some credit there. That's what I mean about what I was saying about Josh Taylor. I think all us grown fucking grown up airy ass men, we respect when someone's honest about something. If you're going to waffle me, I know you're waffling from a mile off. So immediately you start looking at him like he's a bit of a pleb. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, or... Yeah, or it's like a waffle, or it's just, you know, like when someone asks a question and it's like, yeah, yeah, it's I a calculated that. response. It's what AJ gives. Yeah, same here. Feel, mate. That's same it. here. So, you know, and then yeah. I'll warm to you a bit more. Yeah. So, Francis has won the hearts of a lot of people. 
He has already. And I think this fight, yeah. one thing's for sure, he's not going to burn up nervous energy with his big self, right? He's going to be really calm on the ring walk. Again, nothing phases this man. You've got to remember, he's come from the UFC where they're smacking each other with four-ounce gloves. Now, these 10-ounce gloves are going to feel like pillows if he's been sparring with four-ounce gloves the whole time. So, for him, yeah. I don't think he's worried about the power. Yeah. I think yeah, he, he can't outbox AJ. If AJ's smart, this is a one-sided, you know, if it's 10 rounds, 8-2 type mm-hmm. of fight. If AJ just yeah. stays out of the way, which I'm, I expect him to do, he won't knock Ngannou out. He won't want to get in there and mix it with him and start trading off of him. That's just stupid. So I yeah. see this. Honestly, get your dough on it. Just bet responsibly, ladies and gentlemen. But <laughs> AJ on points is a banker. Absolute banker. Yeah. Got to be in I it. agree. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in terms of uh, matching the energy, I think that the African connection is a big thing. And I don't feel, I feel like Nganu is loved. Yeah. In, in Africa, that whole story, and I don't think AJ wants to. I mean, what's there not to like about Nganu anyway? And like you say, his energy and everything. So, and I think AJ does match that in general anyway. If you give him respect, he gives it back. But I, especially because the whole African connection, I don't think um, AJ wants to start, you know, pissing him off or pissing any people o- off over there. Um, in terms of the fight, he said something interesting in the, in the uh, face off. He said that in the fight with Fury, he goes, I found my spot. He goes, and once I found my spot, I knew it was making Fury uncomfortable. And uh, and then he started to fight another way. So I just, he goes, and with AJ, he goes, I just need to find my spot. He goes, it's going to be a different spot. He goes, Tyson Fury's more awkward. Anthony Joshua, I know, fights in more orthodox style. But it just made me think, and like you just touched on it a minute ago, is that he's so calm. Once he comes into range, because he's not phased by anything. It's like, he's been there. He's done it. He's seen it. He's in the UFC. He's used to like big men picking him up, you know, trying to fry him down, elbow, stuff like that. He's able to walk forward, you know, and just be calm, under pressure. Don't matter what you're throwing. And he slips shots quite well. And um, and then AJ mentioned the fact that he said, he get the one praise I heard him say about the switch hitting. I thought yeah. I found it quite interesting. You threw that in there about the switches. I thought so. The fact that he can show different shapes, you know, he's got on the left side and on the right side, and then he's comfortable in that mid range. And if he can just get to that point where AJ throws a couple of jabs, they miss, and he throws something back. And even if it don't connect, if it misses by whiskers, all of a sudden it's going to make AJ uncomfortable. He's going to feel, oh, okay, right, I've got to think about this a bit more. And if all of a sudden he finds that little spot that he did do against Tyson Fury and he starts making him a bit uncomfortable, I don't know. Lands, he landed that one punch against Fury and it, it changed the trajectory of the fight. All of a sudden, he's fighting in a different way now. Grab Fury's him. much more wary. He thinks, Fucking fuck, you know, launching in, trying to grab yeah, him. Grabbing, holding. Yeah. 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 So it's going to need to be very, very calculated. You've got to uh, say, AJ, really. Very calculated. Out of his last three opponents, don't say it. Unc. He's the don't say he's it. The big, he's the biggest. I he's going to say he's, he's the, the biggest. Best. He can take the punch the best, and he's certainly the most unorthodox. That's what I was going to say. I wasn't going to say he was the best, but I do think he's better than Jermaine Franklin. I don't know. Does he beat Jermaine Franklin? In Garland? Does he beat Helenius? I think he beats Helenius. I don't, that's what I mean. We don't know. It's so unorthodox. It's say so you don't know what no. he's going to do next because, as I say, he's not a boxer. He doesn't move around the ring and operate like boxers do. So all of this, all of the sparring that AJ's had, Fury's had, they haven't really had sparring for someone like Ngannou. So that, but that element of surprise is definitely gone now. But 
don't yeah. know. I mean, I, I don't know. totally agree with I that either. I feel close. like you saw what he was going to do. He's got quick hands. He's trying to catch counter a lot. He was trying to do it with, with Fury, catch counter with, with all the hooks. You know, he, he doesn't, you know, he's not, when I'm saying he's not unorthodox like a Fury or someone who's got that kind of language style, is he? He's got his hands up, high guard, he switches. His switches are quite, they're not, you know, they're not telegraphed, but they're not major switches. They're just really subtle switches. So I don't know. Yeah, but, but know. Kyle, what I'm, yeah, but I'm, what I'm saying is that the noticeable thing in that fight was how comfortable he was in that mid-range, just staying at the edge of that jab, or the, on the edge of uh, Tyson Fury's jab. Not many fighters will do that. Just put their head there in fucking, in, in pure fire range, or whatever, I can't get my words out, to put their face in pure danger at the edge of your jab and just stay there with your hands up Little slip left, little slip right, and as soon as you throw, they're throwing to counter. But would he do that against Wilder? Would he do that? Is he going to do that against AJ? Because if he does that against AJ, you know, any man can be knocked out, even him, even though he looks like he can't be knocked out. I don't know if he's going to do that against AJ or Wilder. He's going to have to come with something slightly yeah. different, I think. That's what makes it so interesting, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. And, I, and it also, I'm like, I'm torn because I like both. Um, I love Ngannou because of who he is and what his story is and would love him to win because he's the underdog. But I want AJ to win because I want AJ Fury and I like AJ as well. So it's, it's also that element of you don't really know who you want to win, do you? Mm. Um, right. Okay, let's move on to what the fuck moments. Right. Lead us in, Mickey boy. I'm not being funny. What the fuck is going on? Thank you, Mick. Brilliant stuff. Right. Kaya, coming to you first. Right. What the okay. fuck is going on? My Mick Hennessy moment of the week is something that come, I come across actually yesterday. Apparently, BoxRec thought it'd be a great idea to rank Chris Eubank Jr. as the number one middleweight in the world. Can you believe that? Ahead of all the champions. <laughs> Never won a belt. <laughs> and you look at it and they've gone... They've gone and ranked him as number one. Like, what the fuck is going on there? They've done it after his victories against Liam Williams and Liam Smith. And uh, now they've got him the top of the 160-pound tree, even though you've got Halim Haluni sitting there with two belts. Jamel Charlo is about to fight Canelo. And you've got Eris Landy Lara who's about to fight Michael Zarefa next month for the WBA. But apparently, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Eubank Jr. is the best. And he's sitting there, I'm looking at it right now, and he's, I'm number one in box rec t-shirt. He's sitting there actually wearing the fucking t-shirt. Can you believe that? <laughs> Can't believe it. This guy, right, he's just, he won everyone back. Everyone hated anything to do with him. They just thought he was full mm. of shit. He didn't want to, he didn't want to fight for world titles, which is probably still true. He don't want to fight for world titles, but he gained this army of fans and he's doing things like this now. He's wearing it like he's won something. A t-shirt. I can't believe what I'm looking at here. Just go on. Uh, I'll, I'll forward you the link later, chaps. And you're looking yeah, at it. Leopard, you think, what leopard don't change doing? his spots, does it? What are you doing? Anyway, that's my McKennessy moment. Yeah, of the week. he did win back some. I don't know if he won back a million fans after Liam Smith because a lot of people still know he is Chris Eubank and he is. It was after the Conor Ben stuff. Says the, I think. Unk. It was after the first time. Oh, it got, right. You know, when he was pictured at 157 yeah, pounds yeah. and he'd done the weight cut regardless, um, regardless of the fight being called off, I think from then. And then you saw all the stuff with his, you know, his, his brother that passed and the kid and the stuff yeah, with his dad, people started turning against his dad because his dad called him a fucking charlatan on 
radio and he, you know, Chris Eubank Jr. kind of, you know, carried himself with a bit more respect for his family and that. And he just started winning fans everywhere. Then he goes in and beats Liam Smith after Liam Smith makes all those comments in the press conference, you know, the homophobic stuff. So then you got all the, that, that side of the coin there, you know, turning and supporting Chris Eubank as well. And he turns up with the rainbow thing on his arms and he's just like pulling in fans from every possible angle. And then he does this. What are you doing, man? No one cares that yeah. you're number one in in box rec. You shouldn't be number one in anything. You've never even won a world title. So yeah, that that for me is a what the fucks moment. He, he's look, he, he loves money, doesn't he? And he is worth. He is looking for a big fight. So I suppose in a way that is leverage to say Maybe. Look, I'm number one. Yeah, Who wants me? Is that, if that's what it is, then fuck me. Anyway, go on, <laughs> John. What the fuck is going on? Um, okay, so. Mine is none other than yours truly, Ben Shalom. So that's a a fucking surprise, isn't it? (laughs) It was about two or three days ago and he's in an interview and they said to him, okay, so, you know, the purse has been called for Adam Azim, Dalton Smith. What do you think of this fight? You know, you're going to pull out this fight. And he said, oh, you know, this is, this is a great fight for the British public. And this is a really good fight. And, you know, this is a fight that will definitely happen in 2024. But it has to be on the right platform. Oh, no. Is what the what fuck is going on, bruv? What the fuck is going on? Like, your job is to get the most amount of money for your fighter. And I just think to myself, like, like you know, like, it has to be on the right platform. So... Is the zone not the right platform? Are they doing so terribly, like the zone, that if a fighter fights on the zone, this is a question to you two. Anyone who's out there that's listening to this, send us comments, you know, you know, on our what Insta or, or Twitter. Like, is the zone doing that bad where Adam Azim couldn't fight Dalton Smith for a load of money on the zone? You know, win or lose, he goes back to Sky Sports and you carry on with his career. He's only 21 years of age. It's like when you hear statements like that from Ben Shalom, like you're the fucking problem. You've got your broadcaster there with Sky Sports, then you've got The Zone over here, you've got Frank over here. You're the guy that came into this space saying, you know, we're not like all the other promoters. We want to work with anyone. I can see through that shit. When people speak like that, as I say, when I listen to people, I want to hear and I want to think, oh, this guy's chatting some truths. You're not. You're just full of bullshit. You've got your little projects over there in Sky Sports, like navigating fighters in certain positions. They're not having the right fights or fighting the best fights. You're not giving the fans, the fights that you want to fucking see. It just feel like it's a little bit orchestrated over there. And when I hear that, if you don't want Adam Azim to fight Dalton Smith, just say he's 21. Dalton Smith's a little bit further ahead in his career at the moment. It's not the right time. We're going to go this way. We're going to reject it. We're going to have a couple more fights. Then we'll fight him. Then I'm like, fair enough. I get it. But it's all like, it's got to be on the right platform. It's like, fuck that. You need fighters to go on either platform and fight and win or lose. It just builds the whole sport as a whole rather than the old fucking Al Heyman in America. Everyone just stays on the PBC. Like, you're doing that over here on the Sky Sports. So, Mike, that was a little slip of the tongue there when that came out with Ben Shalom. And that was my, like, what the fuck is going on here with Ben Shalom? You should want to make these fights. But obviously, you pulled out of the purse bids with Fabio Wardley and Fraser Clark, and you got your way in the end, I suppose, because you eventually got Fabio Wardley to fight Fraser Clark on Sky Sports. So, is that going to be how it's going to be now when the British Boxing Board of Control when the uh, um, uh, the European belt when they say this is a purse bid for the fight you're going to constantly navigate out of this fight just so you get your own way and it's always on sky it's very like separatist we need to get like Eddie and Frank they're finally at the table they're they're going to start doing some work 
If you're that guy, we want to work with everybody. As you say, fucking start working with everyone. Yeah. Eddie's throwing the kitchen sink at this one, isn't he? He's saying, look, you can have it your own way. You can have it, blah, blah, blah. Just don't pull out the purse bid. So they're all over it. But you just don't get that sense of the same feeling from Team Azim, do you, and Ben Shalom? They just don't want it, do they? They don't want anything. No. They don't want any workings or dealings with the zone, it feels like. But it's yet... What like it just I don't know. And like let's someone get stuck it on someone stuck it on Adam Azim in a Sky Sports interview and he didn't he kind of swatted it away a little bit. Yeah. He kind of said he he'll take it or it, you know it's a fight that's got to happen and all that, but he weren't going like you give me him next. If that's who it is next, I'll fight him next. And just to add it add to it as well, the EBU called it. Now now the British Boxing Board of Control have called the British title as well on top of it. Yeah. So there's, there's so there's you know, there's two routes to make this fight happen and if Eddie Hearn's going listen we'll do it on Sky make sure you pay him fucking what he's what he's uh what he deserves Eddie Hearn let um Dalton Smith fight away from design before you do it again no problem well, but he pay, said pay he up. can go and fight on Sky so we'll then pay up then that's it but, but what I'd, like, I'd love to like we got the uh Barrett is fighting um Jordan Gill then you got Dalton Smith fight, fighting Jose Cepeda so I just I don't. We don't know what the numbers are, do we? For the zone, when they put these are like domestic British fights. I'd love to know what are the numbers in those fights compared to Adam Azim fighting Petty Jean or whatever. Like, like, well, so you're saying needs to be on the right platform. Like, if Eddie Hearn, if you're listening, bruv, you probably do listen. Like, it's a great podcast. Right? Put the receipts on the table. Let us know the numbers that those types of fights are getting compared to Sky, and that just shuts that completely down. By the way, there ain't no guarantee Dalton Smith's beating Jose Zapata either. Because that's a real fucking fight, that is. That's fought with danger, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, it is. But Dalton, Dalton wins that. And who wins this at the yeah. moment? I, you know, I, I I think Adam Azim's a bit better than you think maybe, Johnny B. There. He frustrates but, the hell out of me, man. I know, I know. I think he's a bit better. I don't think he's quite there yet. And I don't think he's ready for Dalton Smith. So if that fight does get made next, you'd have to favour Dalton Smith, wouldn't you? But I think Adam, Adam Azim has his moments in that fight. Because I've seen Dalton yeah. Smith... Labour to points victories before and um, gets yeah. cut. Get, gets cut. Oh, yeah, gets cut. Dodgy the problem, the problem with that fight is he's talking about what platform it goes on. And I mean this in no disrespect to anyone, but it doesn't really matter what platform it goes on. Of course it's it does. Not, not to do us, it does. Massive numbers in any platform because they are what they are. And I don't mean that disrespectful. It's a hardcore But they're fight. not going to come in all guns blazing yeah. like Taylor Catchell. Taylor Catchell's going to do massive numbers. And it's because it's promoted correctly. It's billed as there's a lot of needle in this fight. It's interesting, intriguing. I know there was the controversy of the first fight. I know that. But still, it's got so much surrounding it, such a story to it. Whereas these guys don't like each other. If... Dalton Smith and Azeem could have a bit of that in there. It doesn't need to be completely real, but it needs to sell a fight. Look, and they yeah, but, won't be able to sell it. But look, James DeGale, George Groves had a fight early on. Both went their way, earned millions, earned world titles. Even like Anthony Joshua and Dillian White. I know Dillian White didn't win a world title, but he went on to earn millions and be in like ma- massive fights. Anthony Joshua went like, there's a load, there's, there's others I can't even think of at the minute. Like you can have these big fights early on, British fights, helps build both of the fighters' uh, um, profiles. Then go on to, the, but I, I just, regardless of that, it just annoyed me. It has to be on the right platform. It just, just told me yeah, everything I need to so. know about the guy. Um, yeah, just full of bullshit, in my opinion. Right then, my what the fuck going on moment. Just quickly, we won't absolutely cane the life out of this because it is a load of bollocks. But 
Wayne Rooney versus Jake Paul. Get in there, boy. Rooney. <laughs> I don't know what to say about it, really, but that was my what the fuck moment. And it became a what the fuck moment when Eddie started giving it credence and he was like, this has actually got legs. He was saying there's potential for this and he was talking about Old Trafford and that. I don't know if he's winding us up, but... I heard Wayne Rooney say say today uh, on the radio that he'd be happy to be Pep's number two. Imagine what what that's done with the Man United fans. Fucking hell. Pep's number two? Yeah. He's happy to go back in into coaching as Pep's number two. Because oh, his there. resume stacked in the in the coaching world. Do you know what I mean? He said he'd literally walk there to get that job. Fucking hell. Yeah. Yeah. What weight would that well, be at anyway? Uh Wayne Rooney v Jake Paul. Mm. That's gotta be what super heavyweight. Bridge <laughs> weight in it. <laughs> <laughs> fuck knows. I go I can't even bother to talk about it to be honest. But that was my what the fuck moment is going on. Anyway, let's get on to more pressing matters. Garcia Ben, how do you feel about that fight, Kaya? Yeah, like it. I really like it. Out of all the all the call outs, this is the one actually that's that's caught my attention more than more than most of the others. I'm not really keen on the Barrios fight. It is what it is. I know they're doing it for the ranking or the Continental Belt or whatever the fuck it is. But uh, Danny Garcia, listen, he hasn't. Look, he's been inactive. He's had one fight in the last eighteen months or something, and that was against Jose. Benavidez Jr., which he won. So he's gone out on a win. For me, Danny Garcia has got one of the best resumes in the modern era, really. Go and have a look at his resume he's been in the ring with. You know, he's um, he's won yeah, a lot of everyone. the fights, a lot of these fights against world-class opposition. And I will put Paulie Malignaggi in that. I put Zab Judah in that for their world-class fighters. What stage of their career they were at the time. You know, you can, you can argue amongst yourselves. Problem with Danny Garcia, though, every time he stepped up to that elite, top of the tree level, he's lost. So that was against Sean Porter, Keith Furman, split decision, and Errol Spence. That was towards the end of his career. But the, the Keith Furman fight, I remember it very well. It was a unification fight. They were both at the top of the welterweight division then. It's what I mean about Danny Garcia. You know, he's coming to this fight with a lot of credentials, you know, well-respected in the sport. And that was a close, close fight. This was when Errol Spence was having, I think, issues with his... Know, outside of the ring, so I don't think we could have. Uh, I don't think he was really fighting that that frequently back then. But yeah, certainly Keith Furman and Danny Garcia were at the top of the 147 pound division then. And yeah, fucking yeah, why not? I think it brings a lot of danger to the fight. He hits hard. Uh, Danny Garcia's got a hell of a left hook, clean you out of it. Why not? Why not? Yeah, yeah. He also beat Eric Morales. He also yeah. beat Amir Khan, Lamont Peterson. Um, I don't, is he about? He's about thirty-five, isn't he? I don't know. He's about thirty-five. 35. Exactly is he thirty-five, he is. mate. This, this is this is the for me. This tells you everything you need to know about the Conor Ben project. Because let's call it what it is. It's a Conor Ben project. If this guy is calling you out, Danny Garcia, and all these names you're mentioning out there, and you don't go and grab this fight, this is a big fight. This is a money fight. This transcends, you know, whatever. This goes across the pond. This is a UK fight. This is an American fight. You can put this on. You get a lot of uh, bums on seats over there. Fraught with danger. The left hook that Danny Garcia... I mean, he's a left hook in it that uh, splattered Amir yeah, Khan. Left hook Mate, the geezer can fight. You know, he's from Philadelphia, isn't he? Like, he's, he, the geezer can fight. He's... Um, but you know what as well? He's got a chin. If none of you remember the Keith Furman fight, it already... Didn't go down. He took a, 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 I think it was the right hand to the chin, just took it, just stumbled back to his corner, come yeah, out, he went the chin, distance. Mate. He's never been stopped. He's never been stopped. Fraught with danger. The geezer can fight. Um, will Conor Ben take it? No, he fucking won't. 
end off. Do you know what I will add? Another name we missed out of there. One of my, my most impressive Danny Garcia performances was against Lucas Matisse. And at the yeah. time, Lucas Matisse was feared. No one wanted to fight him. He had a high knockout ratio. Um, he's starching everybody. Garcia went in there with his own, uh, you know, dangers of being a knockout artist. And he went in there and just schooled him over 12 rounds, boxed his ear rolls off. So not only can he bang, he can he can uh, he can box as well. But I think you're probably right, John. I think we're talking about this nah. for nothing because Colin is going to go yeah. fight fucking someone else. And let's be honest, yeah. I don't mind it myself. Um, my only problem, I think it's a good fight. My only problem is we've seen Ben beat a load of people who are coming towards the end of their career. Yeah, but this and ain't no Chris Al Havan Hearden or Chris Algier. Yeah. yeah. This ain't one of I them, agree. I don't think. I agree, but I still, I want to, like, at time's time now, I want to see him in there with someone who's fresh, like... Uh, Jerron Ennis. Not not necessarily Jerron Ennis. I, I still want him, I, I'm happy for him to take a fight with someone who's fresh, a level below the Ennis type. You know what I mean? Like, a, I know you're going to say, all right, he's not that fresh, but like a David Avanesian, do you know what I mean? Or a Josh Kelly. Um I still no. the winner need to of, see that because it yeah, Mark, tells me what, what level he's Marku at. Winner of Marku Congo. That should be the it's next just, just, You're talking fight. in fantasy yeah. land, the pair of yeah. like, It's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, it's I, just oh, yeah, like what you want <laughs> yeah, and what the project of Conor Ben is, is like a commodity. It's all about money. But that is a, that's fought with danger. And they say he's 35. Comes, I think he's had like mental health issues and stuff like that, Danny Garcia. However, if he can do a, a, you know, a three-month training camp, and he's fit, and he goes in the ring, he'll have seen a lot of these things that Conor Ben will do in the ring. He'll have seen that. Do you know what I mean? Before. So he's still fought with danger, that fight. Still fought with danger. I'd, I'd, I'd yeah, be all over right, that fight. you're right, it is fantasy. Can I do a what the fuck is going on as well? Can I do one did, more? Why, did you didn't do one? Yeah, I did, but <laughs> I just remembered one. Go it on. will be worth it. You don't have to speak about it long. Can I do one more? Go on. Fire away. Breaking news, Shaka Stevenson has rejected a two-fight offer worth $10 million for Matchroom Promotions to fight Devin Haney and, are you ready, Campbell Hatton. Oh, fuck. I knew he was going to say that. <laughs> fuck off. I don't even want to give that any airtime. That's just ridiculous. Isn't it? Is that real? I just don't know. Is that fucking real? It was from Boxing Ho on Twitter. Boxing Ho? <laughs> boxing Ho. Oh, that's the Sunday sport of fucking boxing news, isn't it? Oh mate, if that's the same real, type of people that say like, that fucking Prince Charles is an alien or a frog, them type of people. That's it? like nine point nine million for the Haney fight, and then a hundred grand left over for the Campbell fight, isn't it? I reckon that I reckon you could see a twelve round fight where Campbell Hatton doesn't lay a shot, doesn't hit connect with one shot. Yeah, you're probably right. Go on, anyway, it? move on. Go on. That is, that's got to be bollocks, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but fair enough. That is a what the fuck going. What the fuck is going on moment? And uh, I'm going to follow boxing hosts because they sound like fucking fun. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I do. I like all that <laughs> shit as well. Okay, so we got, we'll got just touch on a few things left over before we just give our thoughts on Belanga um, this weekend. Um, Sol Dakers and David Adelaide, that looks like it's bubbling up. What do you think of that fight, Johnny B? In, in, quickly, I would say that Sol Dakers wins that fight on points. That's what I think. I think. Uh, I think he. Do you think? Yeah, really? I, I do. I think he wins the fight <sighs> on points. 
I know, I know you both is going to fit. I'm not expecting you to say that. I'm not I know, I know, I know, I know. I think he's, I think he's tall. He's got a better one too. I think he moves around the ring well. I think. Don't get me wrong. I don't think Sol Dakers is a world beater out there, but I think he's got enough skills to manoeuvre Adelaide around the ring and yeah, and win the fight. Win the fight on points. I don't think it's going to particularly set a light. I don't think it's going to be a great fight, but I think he wins the fight on points. You lost your fucking marble, son. I think there's no way that happens. <laughs> this was supposed to be Moses Atuma versus Sol Dakers, but Frank Warren's come out and said, look, he don't really want Moses in that fight. I didn't I didn't mind the fight because I think Moses beats the fucking pair of them, if I'm so being honest I. with you. Um, Solomon Dakers, 8-0, two KOs, not convinced by him at all. And I think Eddie Earn wasn't either. That's why he's let him go. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, am I jumping out of my chair for this fight? Am I swinging off the chandeliers, doing fucking triple cherry loops? No, I'm not. So, are you, so why are you so convinced about Adelaide? I'm not so convinced, but I'm just... You just said I lost my marbles. At, so yeah, you but I'm just not convinced at all by Solomon Dakers at all. I don't think Solomon Dakers... I'm not convinced about Adelaide. Yeah, but Adelaide can still bang a little bit. And, you know, he went in there and... Performed okay against Fabio for a few rounds. Not really? His tongue was <laughs> spread across the canvas. <laughs> what are you talking about? He ain't really... All right. I would say so. You like Dak- the entertainment side of Adelaide. Let's be real. I love the. I love so Adelaide. I. I, I, I'll yeah. pay to watch him every time because, I, well, in the in the fight itself, he didn't perform. We sent him about a thousand messages, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> we both sent him messages, the same fucking message on the same oh, day. Yeah, he, must think, that. he must have been thinking, will you fuck it'd off? It'd be a tough <laughs> fight, this. I reckon, you know, it'd be a tough fight, ebb and flow. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, no, I'm just not convinced by Solomon Day because in his last fight, was it against Michael Webster? He was getting peppered a little bit by, you know, fighters that he should be beating with with the background that he's got, the amateur background that he's got. And, uh, yeah, I think Adelaide wins that fight on points, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm not... I uh, don't know. I don't know myself. I'm pretty torn. I think what you what you said there about Moses Atuma, just before I talk about this, he's going to have a nightmare getting fights, Moses Atuma, yep. man. He's going to have a nightmare. These next, his next sort of five or six fights where he's fighting British or domestic, he's going to have a nightmare getting fights. Nobody's going to want to fight. Yeah, he's already on, um, already, already on the Fury Usyk undercard. I had a look at it. He's fighting a German 24 and three with 20 KOs. They're high on him in the Fury camp. Isn't it? They, they all keep saying about how good he is. I was Shane yeah. Fury the other day. He was just saying how good he was. So I saw a picture of him and Joe Parker sparring. So everyone's calling him. All the top heavyweights are mm. calling him in. To, to spar with because they think he's good enough to spar, mate. He's a future world champion, Moses. Yeah, I agree. Most, really most is, definitely. Yeah. Just the size, though, isn't it? I wonder, I mean, but as you say, he's fighting Tyson Fury. No better preparation on the way up, but it's just his size. He just seems like a small heavyweight, doesn't he? No, he might have a little, he might have a little growth spurt. Maybe. Eats his spinach. Gets on the old decks, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I would, I would just about favour Adelaide in that fight, but um, just about one because Soldakers. What's the matter with you, lot? Uh well, Soldakers is a bit of a pain in the arse, you know. He's he's a decent boxer. He's 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 not a mug. He's got a good one with two, two KOs. He's a bit slow, but he's got a decent one too. He's, yeah, he's, he's fighting. He's fighting journeyman right so now. So's Adelaide. Got... What's your? You yeah, he's got, at least Adelaide's got KOs in the bank. Yeah, but I mean, that, that one Solomon KO has got done... two KOs out of eight fights. Only fighting yeah, I don't think he's going to KO Adelaide. I'm not saying that. I think he's going to go to the points. Yeah. I'm, How many I'm, rounds yeah. is it? 
don't know. If it's British, if it's an English heavyweight title, it's going to be 10 or 12, isn't it? Mm. Probably 12. Ain't going to go that yeah. far anyway. But yeah. So yeah, it's a tough one to call that. And yeah, Yusik Hergovic, the claws in there. We've seen that in the news this week. Um, if Tyson doesn't make it to the ring. Don't yeah. say it. Let's not talk about it. Because if we talk about it, <laughs> yeah. we're going to put the buckers <laughs> on it. We might get fucking letters through our door as well. Although, Frank. let's not talk about it. Even though John thinks yeah. that the the cut was done on purpose. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'll say this, right? I'll say this. I thought the cut was done on purpose, right? And I listened to Shane Fury the other day. By the way, he done an interview with Boxing King Media. I sat a hundred times this show. Boxing King best Media. He's the best out there. I've got to find that geezer's name. I've been told his name by Lewis. But uh, yeah, anyway, he's the best out there, in my opinion. But he's a brilliant interview. And when I was listening to Shane Fury, I was listening to him. I thought, nah, he didn't do that cut on purpose. So I've got to admit, I flip-flopped on it. Brilliant interview. Anyway, Nate, listen to it. Listen to it. It's on Boxing King Media. He even sort of uh, digs out his dad, John Fury, saying, like, he should just be sitting at home eating a cheese sandwich. If he starts calling out all these people, they're obviously going to come knocking at the door. And if you don't want to fight them, people are going to you know, have a lot to say. So, yeah, he's, he's got, I think he'd speak the truth when he speaks. So, uh, I feel it's a bit. Co- he used his coaches come out today and said it. He reckons the cut was done on purpose. So, I think, look, people will say what they're going to say. Just as long as they fucking get oh. in there on May the 18th. We've got that boozer booked. You changed the date on that, yeah? Yeah, I've done it, yeah. Wicked. Yeah, so we've got yeah. the boozer booked. As long as we can go out and enjoy the fight and it don't get put back a bit oh, again. It's like friend. the Hay Fury I'm thing, isn't it? I got put back twice. And it was by David Hay both times. One was for a cut. The next one with his shoulder went. And then that was the end of that fight. And it was like, fuck, I wanted to cry my eyes out. So hopefully yeah. And all those Peturbiev fights keep getting put back, didn't they? Yeah, it just happens, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, just uh, quickly, just before the Belanga card, just thoughts on this for a couple of minutes. Johnny B coming to you first. Maurizio Suleiman. Oh, yeah. Five judges. <sighs> or is it six judges? Mate, I'll be quick. For, uh, I'll be quick. Usage. I've said this for as long as I can remember. I love boxing TV. We need to have more judges. I mean, it's probably the only thing I'll ever agree with that slag on in my whole life, basically, is this. <laughs> Five judges. Why not? Like, the, 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 the for two two reasons, I'll give you straight away, right? Three judges. I mean, we've seen fights where you look at a fight and then one person scores it one way, one another way. It's a little bit subjective. But so, so you can easily see how a couple of judges can see something a different way and then you get a result that is not necessarily the right outcome. Five judges, six judges, the likelihood of you getting the wrong outcome when you've got five judges sitting there watching a fight, I think is very, very low. I really do. And then also, if you're talking about corruption in boxing, the likelihood of a team being able to get to one man, one judge, and just guarantee, well, that judge is definitely going to score in our favour. So then we've just got to hope the other two see it our way. is more easier than being able to get to a set of five judges. So for two reasons, the corruption in sport is going to be harder and five people judge. I remember the first time I ever heard this was Joe Rogan. He said this about the UFC. They should have five judges. And uh, and it stuck. And I think it should be 100%. I disagree. Of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> I think Maurizio's trying to fucking pull a fast one here again, as usual. Why would you want five judges now all of a sudden? What, you're WBC champion under threat, yeah? You've got that, you know, Tyson yeah. Fury under threat. You could work in favour. Why? Why? Why would it? Because it's just, well, if you've got five judges, the you know result what? is going to be fairer. Let me explain. No, not necessarily, right? And, and do you know why I'll, I'll say this, right? For me, it's all, all it is is more people to get it wrong. A bit like VAR in football, right? No, you've got a like ref. It, it is. Wrong. You've got two people up there. Everyone's looking at it. 
you're going to have five different opinions instead of three opinions. It's just going to muddy the water waters more. I, I actually, like you, John, I actually agree that I think it's it's actually a good idea, just not for this fight. You can't change it now. Not This is the most important fight of pretty much our generation, or my, my generation, because you two are fucking old, aren't you? But um, <laughs> yep. this century, this is the most important fight. And um, don't go changing things now. Just for just, just for this, you need them sort of things like VAR and that. You need to work them in. You just need to make sure to they're wrong. spot on. I don't, like the whole, I don't trust the, it the whole for this VAR fight. and replays. I don't see how that works at all. I'm not. I'm not a fan of that. But I just. I think the most. Yeah, it's all subjective, thing, John. Wait, wait. The most. And this is even thing, more subjective in boxing. Even yeah, but, more than football. football yeah, but like, you know. But what what I'm trying to say is that if, say, for example, when there's three judges sitting there. What do we always say? Some judges like, you know, ag- aggressive style of fighting. Some fight, you know, uh, judges like fighters maybe on the back foot, getting off more cleaner punches. I don't think there should be any grey area. It should be, this is what we all like. This is what we want boxing to be. For me, boxing's an entertainment game. So what I want to see is fighters that come to fucking fight. And that should be rewarded. So if you've got a little situation, you always say to me, get those splinters out of your ass, like, you can't give a 10-10. Well, then, at the end of the day, if one's more aggressive than the other fighter, it goes to him. I don't want to see fighters on the back. If it whittles out fighters that, you know, in the end, it, we, the boxing evolves into a sport where we've got more aggressive fighters that come to fight, then so be it. I don't want to see fighters on the back foot like Shaka Stevenson. Bore me fucking late. I don't care how good you are. Why have you not be a boxer? I'd rather see a fighter get in there. Joshua Boatsy. At least that guy, guy comes to fight, comes to fight, puts his foot down, comes in a few angles, get the criteria right for exactly what we're looking for and then get five judges judging it and we'll get the right result. Keep it with three judges for this fight, for fuck's sake. Like, I mean, it's, where, where's the training for the for the judges? And also, is there consequences to getting a, a bad result? Like, you know, they seem to just get the job the next week, don't they? Even though they get a bad result. So is there any other training? Is there all the money there's in boxing? Is there no way of funding referees? There could be more training. Do they, I don't know. Do they do it full time? Yeah, overall, I think it could work. I think it's a good idea. I do, but just not for this fight. Leave it as it is for this fight and then think about it anyway. Um, and then just finally, we're touching on Edgar Belanga this weekend against McCrory and Andy Cruz on the undercard. We are hot on mm-hmm. Andy Cruz at the minute, aren't we? That boy is fucking matting mustard, you know. Um, so, yeah, Johnny B, coming to you first. What's your thoughts on this fight? Uh, Padraig McCrory, I've got to admit, I don't know nothing about him. I could be completely honest with you. Uh, all I do know is Colm McGuigan, every IFL interview I ever hear, him going mad, oh, this guy can fight, you know, he, he's got a devastating left hook. Uh, Belanga's uh, got, got this one wrong. knockouts, though, McCrory. I know, I know, that's just eight knockouts. I, I thought, oh, what? when I looked at his box rec, I thought, what are you going on about, son? He's got eight knockouts. But I'll tell you what, though. I was watching a, a few videos of him on YouTube. He does come to fight. Um, he throws his hands. Got, he has got a good left hook, good uppercut. So I think we're in for a good fight. I think he is going to come to fight. Belanga, though, I mean, he was like the power puncher. He was like 16 wins, 16 knockouts, wasn't he? And then all of a sudden... All in the first lost. round as well. Oh, what, majority in the first round, were they? All, all of his them. first, whatever it was, was all first round fights. knockouts. Yeah. Yeah. And he just shows one out since. <laughs> yeah, exactly. His last five fights have gone the distance. I think he had that fight against Cossiers and uh, he got rattled. Didn't he get dropped? I think he might have even got dropped, I think, a couple of times in that fight. So 
there's definitely question marks on Belanga, but he's a fun fighter. He comes to fight, mm. you know, he, ste- he steps forward. I think he, his head falls in a little bit on his shots and he uh, gets a little bit drunk on his success, like when he throws shots and he sort of gets countered and he gets clipped, but he seems to not worry about what's coming back. That might have something to do with like who he's fought. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I expect him to win this fight. Probably goes a distance again. Um, yeah, I don't know if he is that guy though, Belanga. I've got to be honest with you. I'm not sure if he is that guy. Yeah, I'm not sold on him either, mate. I'm not sold on him. Right. I'm just not. Yeah, I think Belanga at the moment, you need to just keep him away from all the big hitters in the division because he's going to get ironed out if he fights anyone in the top five from any of the, all the governing bodies, um, sanctioning bodies. And yeah, I don't know much about Patrick McCrory, but I know the Conlans are really, really high on him. They reckon he's going to go over there and cause a massive upset. Don't know. I'm looking forward to that. I mean, there's a good fight. I mean, looking forward to it. I'm probably looking forward to the undercard a bit more. Um, Shakram Giersoff, by the way, ranked number one in the WBA welterweight. Uzbek fighter, silver medalist in the 2016 Olympics. He fights against Kano. I think it's a final eliminator for... Um, I don't know if it's going to be for Stanionis's belt. Stanionis was supposed to fight Virgil Ortiz. Virgil Ortiz pulled out last minute, gone up to 154. But Shakram Giersoff, I think 16 wins, nine knockouts. Keep an eye on him. Why don't Conor Ben call someone like that out? You know, an Uzbek Olympian. We all know why, isn't it? Because it might be too much. It might be too much too soon for Conor Ben. I'm not enough money in it. So, but that would give you, and that's a fight easy to make. It's a matrim fighter. You can, you know, put it on whatever. Do it on a main event, and he could be next in line to fight for a world title if that's exactly what he wants to do. It's there, right there, waiting for you. And then you've got Andy Cruz on the undercard, and uh, you just need to move it along now. Stick him in there with Keyshawn, stick him in there with anybody, and I think he beats everybody now. And I'm actually really excited to see him more than anybody. Mm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I ain't got much to say about it. If I'm honest, I just think McCrory's from what I've seen. It's got a kind of puncher's chance. Yeah, I think Belanga probably on points because, as you say, he's been a bit not as ferocious as he was. So, yeah, um, I'm going Belanga on points on that one. We shall see. But there we are. I think that's it, really. Um, yeah, any any other thoughts? Just your questions. Do you want to you read out a couple oh, of yeah, questions? Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Come yeah. on, so, get with um, it. Okay. So, you know I, mean? yeah. I do apologise. I do apologise. Dodgy internet. Righto. Okay, let's do these questions. So, first question from a long-time listener, and he's a top lad, this lad. He's uh, messaged us a few times. So, uh, Harry King, he says, All right, lads, just a question for this week's pod. What current fighter, bar fury, is most likely to beat Usyk, heavyweight or not? Johnny B, come to you first. Are you ready for this? I know what you're going to say. Go on, then. I want you to take the words out of my mouth. Go. Opatire. No. Paterbio. No. Anthony Joshua. No. (laughs) (laughs) That was like the silence after Craig Richards. That's the Craig Richards moment. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? What I'm saying, right? If he wins the fight, if he beats Usyk, which, you know, a lot of people saying he could beat Usyk, what I'm saying, Harry... Before you switch off, brother, <laughs> we switch off. I just think this Anthony Joshua with Ben Davison, if he goes in there and just sparks out Ngannou, right? And I don't know, does he have to have another fight before possibly fighting Usyk? He's going to get that Usyk fight again. And I'm saying, if you look at the second fight, 
they weren't miles apart in that second fight. And it just was those championship rounds, Usyk's, you know, his gas tank, you know, his movement, just put the foot down and he ran away with it the last three to four rounds. But up until that point, you know, he was competitive and he was in the fight, AJ, with his size, his power. And I think if he comes with a different energy with with Ben Davison, I'll give him a chance. I'll give him a chance. I'll give him a good chance of beating Usyk. Be tough. I don't think Usyk's now, with this new AJ, he's got his number every day of the week. But let's see how he gets on with Ngannou. Kaya, anyone out there? No. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Harry. There ain't, a, there ain't a man born from his mother that beats Usyk while he's still boxing. That's got to be on a mug, that is. Yeah, not a Batman born from his mother that beats that man. I'm telling you, no one will beat him. Seems to be getting better yeah. with age. And I know that's not the answer. That's a bit of a shitty answer. If I look, if anyone's going to run him close, it will be the man you just said, Unc, which is Jai Opatia, because I think he's got the aggression. It's the only one that I've I think got he's on my mind. Fearless, and um, yeah, I think he hits hard enough. What are you making wanker signs for there? Because hold on a minute, right? If we want to go back over all these podcasts, what do you say in every podcast? Oh, Daniel Dubois, he beat Usyk. So why are you though. not saying Daniel Dubois? Well, because. Uh, That's well, a good well. one. I should have said. Well, <laughs> <laughs> he's already beaten him, so it don't count. I would have said Joe Joyce before Joe Joyce got ironed out, um, because they had a good, decent fight in the amateurs. But at the moment, it's really hard. I don't want to give an answer just to give it. But yeah, anyone who runs him close is going to be a, a fellow cruiserweight who's going to go up to heavyweight eventually. Will be Jai Pataya. Nobody else. Yeah, I'm the same. I think um, that's the only one who comes to mind for me. Maybe Fury. Beats Usyk, we'll soon have to wait and see. But um, I think Opatai, because of his speed, his toughness, the man's ferocious and he's a lot younger than Usyk. I wouldn't have said the Usyk of a few years back would lose to Opatai. I don't think in any way he would. But this Usyk, potentially Opatai for me. Um, Okay, moving on. Next question from Jono. Tiafimo Lopez versus Subrayo Matias. Who wins? Right, we did a video, me, John and Lewis Hart from Boxing Social. I think this was about a month, a couple of months ago, Unc. I think he was on holiday or whatever he was. And John and Lewis both picked Tiafimo Lopez as their number one 140 pounder. And I was like, I looked at them both. I went, you fucking what? You serious? No, I like Tiafimo Lopez. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a very good fighter, very entertaining. Um, you know, brings a lot to the sport. But he's so easily hittable. And when Sabril Matias lands on his chin, it's game over. So I think that's this. I think this is the first time Lopez gets stopped. If that fight ever gets made, he gets stopped by Matias. Johnny, yeah. So I think when me and Lewis said that, I think we was looking at his body of work, like his resume. Sandor compared- Martin, yeah, potentially lost that fight. Have I still got it, bro? Have I still got it? Do you remember all that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And what was the other one before? It was another one beforehand. Before, it was his comeback fight after he lost the... Cambosis, you're talking Cambos- about. No, but there was one after Cambosis. He lost the Cambosis, had a thing, comeback fight, laboured to a... Po- was it a points victory? I can't remember it was. Then yeah. he gets in there with Sandor Martin, barely wins. He loses his last fight, gets a fucking squeeze. How many times are you going to get a squeeze? Everyone's going, but he beat Lomachenko. He beat an injured Lomachenko. So I don't think Tiafimo Lopez is as good as everybody thinks he is. That's my opinion oh. about him. All right. So he, he beat Lomachenko though, yeah? So we don't think that was a good result against Lomachenko. It was a very good result, but I don't Josh think that Taylor. was a lot. 
that that decent result. Yeah. So I'm just saying, like, if you look at his record and you look at his resume, the, the Josh Taylor and uh, the Lomachenko wins compared to Devin Haney. And before, as we've done that video, Devin Haney hadn't have beat uh, Regis Prograde at that point. So when you look at their resumes and he'd been at 140 longer, by the time Devin Haney pops up to 140, you can't just say Devin Haney because you like his style. What, 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 look at your resume. Who have you beat? So that was for me. Anyway, in terms of that uh, Jermaine Ortiz, I'm fucking glad he lost that fight. Negative shit. I don't like seeing that fight. He didn't come to fight. Fucking ran away. Bored the hell out of everyone. Good. Every judge that uh, 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 voted, voted, scored that Lopez should win that fight. Good for them. But I can't stand those fighters to try and steal fights like that. Fair enough. T- I'll give you you're that. sleeping on Tiafimo Lopez, mate. Go and watch that fight against Josh Taylor. Fucking add his right. number, took him to school. Depends who he fights, doesn't it, Tiafimo? If, if he's bang up for fucking it. fucking busted up. Who's? If he... Tiafimo's at the end of that fight. Go and look at him in a press conference. Face was all over the gaff. Against it wasn't who? no one-sided masterclass. Oh, mate. Go, I watched it, it the other that. night, mate. Yeah, I watched it the other night. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. Josh Taylor. Like, and, yeah, like, no, but it wasn't a one-sided on. masterclass. That's way yeah. over the top. Fucking way, way over the top. Go on, anyway, Unc. Um, <laughs> I think Matthias beats him. I oh, do. yeah, I forgot the I question. Where... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Subriel Matthias is a beast and... Uh, he could get out box. Does, does he beat Lomachenko? He's not the most. Who, Matthias? It's a good question. Mm, don't think he does. Does he beat Josh don't Taylor? Know. Yeah. Who, Matthias? Yeah, yeah. He's I'd like to see it. Send him I'd into the shadow it. realm, mate. Fucking love to see it, yeah. We does don't know Lom- enough. Lomachenko at one We don't know I enough. Think he probably I know. Does. Just from what we've seen, though. It's like it's for me. It's like the Opatara effect. I'm looking at Opatara, and I, and we could be wrong down the line. But I'm looking at Opatara now, and I'm thinking, well, nobody beats you in 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 your division. Nobody. And I'm looking at Matias now. He has been beaten, but there was some stuff surrounding that fight. Not an excuse, but there was some stuff surrounding that fight. Anyway, um, he righted the wrong, and since then he's been fucking unbelievable. It's not the fact that he's been uh, winning fights by keeping people on their stall tells a story of this man's mm. fucking beast. Tiafimo Lopez is definitely Tiafimo beatable. Lopez. He definitely has uh, had a few up and down performances, but... I Haney think plays he, with him, bro. Haney I plays with it, him. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, just in terms of style, the way Haney fights, he plays with most people unless he's going to fight someone bigger than him, right? That's going to be more physical than him. But... um yeah, I don't know. He's he's pucker though, Tiafimo. The way he, the way he, he slips shots, the way he moves around the ring, he's timing, he's counter punching. He's on another level. Anyway, I'd like to see that fight. I don't know wins ultimately. Yeah, would love to see it. Would love to see it. So um, yes, thank you for your questions. We've run out of time, but um, do send them in for next week, and we shall try our best to get round to them. But we just really appreciate the support. We appreciate the love, and we appreciate the questions. And yeah, we love you all. Thank you very much for listening this week. Boys, it's been a pleasure, and I'll see you next week. Peace out for now. Abosh.